You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Welcome to Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. I'm your host, Judy Gold. And uh, what a week. <laughs> what a week. Any questions about this horrible Will Smith, Chris Rock thing, I want you to know I 100% stand with Chris Rock. There is no reason to publicly assault someone, publicly, privately assault someone for a stupid fucking joke. So there you go. Also, I wanted to let everyone know, if you are in Long Island, I'm going to be at Governor's in Levittown on April 9th. So get your asses there. That's Saturday, April 9th. Right now, we have the incredible, the very interesting and funny Zarna Garg. I met Zarna not too long ago, and wow, she's pretty amazing. So... Do not sit back. Do not relax. Do whatever you're doing. But listen, because it's really kind of, it's kind of a great story, as they all are. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this week's Kill Me Now. I mean, I know I have been killing it on Kill Me Now. My guests have been superb. Superb. And I'm really thrilled to be interviewing a woman who has not been in my industry very long, but has achieved success that most people it takes, let's say about 20 years to get to. But her story is fascinating. And she's a, she's a sensation. I would consider her an overnight sensation. But that has a lot of Michigas that goes with it and blah, blah, blah. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, today on my podcast that I do as a labor of love, because I make no money doing it, we have Zarna Garg! Woo! Namaste. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Oh, Zarna. Let me just tell you something, Zarna. I grew up in New Jersey. And the next town over from where I grew up is Edison, New Jersey. So that is the holy land for us. Yes. So yes. and and just FYI, the I grew up in Clark, New Jersey. I, I'm you know I'm semi ashamed of it because it's a, <laughs> such a racist, horrible place. I didn't pick it. Uh, we moved there when I was five, so it wasn't my decision. The houses in our neighborhood weren't even like built yet. So a lot of them. So it was a new place. I, I, and I was unaware of the KKK and all that stuff that was there. I think my parents were unaware of it too, but you know, Edison, that's where the Clark pool was. That's where my father dropped dead. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I grew up next to like, literally it's like part of our town, Edison. Is it the largest Indian population in the United States? Yeah, it is. It is. And it, it's been my dream to live in Edison like ever since I came to America. No way. No, I'm, I'm telling you, it was my dream. I don't know why, how I ended up on this island. I'm in Manhattan. I don't know right. how. I feel like I for years I said it was Godzilla and me. We're stuck here. Right. But you know uh, what? But- you don't want to go to Edison. I'm telling you. Just visit and go eat in the restaurants. Do not. Well, that's the thing. The food, the Ugh. food, the grocery stores, the Indian. It right. was my dream. I was like, I would just have a house in the Patel Brothers parking lot if I could. So I could walk in and get fresh <laughs> every day. And somehow my husband, like we took a wrong turn and we ended up buying a house in Connecticut for a few years. 
Wow, Connecticut. Like, what the hell was that? I know. Where's the Patel brothers here? And he's like, it's so good. It's beautiful. There's a beach. Beach. There's a beach beach in New Jersey. What are you talking about? We're Indian. We don't go to the beach. I know. We don't know what's on the beach. Tell Shalab. Is it Shalab? Yes. You know, you said it just right. Shalab? Yeah. Tell him to shut up and women rule. Okay. Listen, he's very (laughs) cute. I looked at some photos. He's very handsome. Uh, Zorna, you know, she, she... I guess you could say your fame came from TikTok, but you're so much more than a TikTok video. My sons made me go on TikTok. Your daughter or your son made you go on TikTok. You know, as you've described in multiple interviews, it is a cross generate. It's a way to get through to multiple generations of people, which is very smart. And you do have a very business-like mind. And the, the people I know, who um, have looked at comedy as a business and have that business acumen have done extremely well because there are a bunch of people, as you know, that part of their brain doesn't work. Like for me, I do come from, you know, my father was a tax attorney my brother, you know, a lot of CPAs, doctors are turning the Indians and the Jews. Very similar. It's, similar. So, it's the same. Right. So I do get um, and my partner, Elisa, I do. Um, that's the Jew bell, by the way. Um, she is a business, you know, so she's always like, Judy, you know, so I do get a lot of and that's exactly how she talks, by the way. I do get a lot of good business advice in my ear, but it's not how I think I'm st- I think like that more now that I'm older, like, fuck you. You're not taking advantage of me, but you yeah. know, I never had another job. Like, and so I think when people come to comedy as a, you know, an adult, you were married, you had kids, you were successful. You have a law degree and a B a bachelor of science degree. You do look at it as a business. And I I was like a 19 year old college kid who's like, this is my dream and dream and dream and fame (laughs) and dream and fame, you know? And so I think you're getting the best of both worlds. So let's start at the very beginning. Uh, You were raised in Bombay. Yeah. Um, You were born into a wealthy family. Yeah. Very wealthy. And uh, what, and I found a way to lose it all. (laughs) Right. But that we'll get to that, but you, you know, you lived in Bombay. What is that like? I mean, there's definite major income inequality, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. like, Absolutely. do you think we're approaching it here, the same kind? I mean, there's income inequality in America and, and it's not good. Right. But, but India is a whole another level because the numbers that you talk about. Right. So you've got a few million handful of people who are very wealthy. Right. And then you've got a hot, like 900 million poor people. Right. So there's no real middle class in India, even though they've been trying to make it grow for uh, my entire existence. It's a little different in America. Like American poor is still like you have water, you have. Right. You know. Right. You have but we are losing the middle class as, yes. as you know. Oh, absolutely. There is, there is undoubtedly, there's a problem here. There's no doubt. But I'm just saying the scale, just the humanity, because America is what, a little under 400 million people and this right. big, big, gigantic landmass. India is 1 billion people more than that in one right. third of the land. So, so if you think of how many human beings are stuffed in how small a space, just visually alone, it's jarring whether you're rich or poor. Like, you know, when you're when that flight lands in India and the door opens, a sea of humanity that comes at you. Right. Uh, you have to be ready for it. What was it like before your life drastically changed when you were 14? Prior to the age of 14, what was your life like? It was great. And it's crazy because my life was a life of an American teenager in India. Right. I read Archie's. I watched uh, Three's Company come and knock on my door. Come and knock on my door. Yeah. Bootleg copies of everything that you guys probably had here, I had there. 
And that's why my existence in India was a little like people used to be like, who's this American? I was too American when I was in India and I hadn't even been to America yet. Did you go to uh, private schools with other wealthy yeah, of course. people? Yeah, so you were so sort of segregated. Segregated. My school was one block, like one city block away from my house. But I wouldn't go if my car and my chauffeur weren't there. No, you had a chauffeur. Well, all right, what oh, was the chauffeur's name? What's the chauffeur's name? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to tell you it's a really long name. Thakur Rajendra Prasad Singh. And he insisted that he had to be referred to by his whole name every oh, time. Oh, God. He felt like he was working for a wealthy family and he deserved respect for that. Right. But everybody has a chauffeur in India. Human labor is not a big deal. Chauffeurs, drivers, maids, sir, you know, every, there's cooks, cooks for each person. No way. Because, yes, way. Wait a minute. By the time so, this podcast is done, we're going to be like, why are we here? I know. So wait a minute. So you're how many kids in your family? I'm the youngest of four. OK. So there's four of you. How big was your home? Palace for India, massive 5,000 square feet. Oh my God. Like that's massive in India. Right. Because there's not as much land and the park Avenue equivalent. So 5,000 square feet on the park Avenue of Bombay. You have your own room. I'm assuming. Absolutely. My own room, my own bathroom, which is a huge. What? Yes. Oh my God. I, your own bathroom. Yes. I got, I'm going to go. I really am. I might stab myself by the end of this podcast. OK, so you had your own bathroom. I mean, did you have family meals? Like, what? how did yeah, it work? Absolutely. Every meal was like, you know, we had a lot of cooks, so everything was fresh right. made. You ha how many cooks did you have? Two or three for sure, because, you know, every my mom ate something and my dad didn't have his restrictions and. We lived like how, if you could imagine, very, very, very rich people in America. That's how we lived. Even though we were not that rich, we were rich enough to live that life. So you, um, you had cooks, you had a chauffeur, you had, um, apparently, did you ever make your bed? No, no. What? No, you never, no. I got to move to India. No, no, never made my bread, never did my laundry. I didn't know oh. how that stuff got done. It just got done. Go ahead. You throw things in a hamper. You just dropped it wherever. So you'd and get then, up in the morning. It was like, and you didn't, all you had to do was dress yourself and everything else was. Yeah, everything. I mean, even dress yourself is questionable because there were people to help. No, I can't. This is like Jeff <laughs> Abbey. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, what? Yes, exactly. So and and were you close with what did you call them servants or workers? What would you call them? So I, they they all had names, of course. And but I because I had an all American heart, which is still inexplicable where it came from, got yelled at by my parents every day because I would sneak the servants in the ones who lived in our house to sleep in my room because I had air conditioning in my room. And wow. it was so hot out that I couldn't stand that they had to sleep in one room, like five of them. And there was like barely a fan. So I would sneak them all in and be like, sleep on the floor in my room, you know, and they would. Oh my God. They must've loved you. They loved me. And I was very loved by, by everybody, my family too. I mean, my parents would yell at me and then they would get over it and be like, you know, this is how it is in India. And I would be like, but it doesn't look like it's like this in Archie's comics. Like it's like a little <laughs> different. Veronica's family was very rich. Right. In Archie's. I was like, yeah. they, they don't have people sleeping on their floor. Where is everybody? Did you have to find all this American, uh, stuff on your own like or no it was part of the world like was everybody traveled the richest people in india came to america to summer so they brought back everything you know, and these these are people from india would move to america and then come back into yeah, india they would just come for four weeks six weeks but they would like bags and bags of like american chocolates and hair products and the late, like, I remember the perm was big back when right. I was young. So we all rushed and got a perm because Americans were getting perms. 
Wow. You got a perm. <laughs> I got a perm too. It was so stupid. Look at my hair. So um, first of all, were you aware or at what age were you aware that you were privileged? No, I knew. No, you know you're privileged in India because the poverty is in your house. It's not around. It's in the poor can't even watch TV. They can't like you're in a house with 10 TVs. The poor can't sit down and watch the servants. They are, you know, everything is delivered. So who are all these delivery people? Like the milk would get delivered fresh every day. The fruits, literally, what is the best fruit in the market today? And it would show up at 7 a.m. But some little, and often, I I don't know, your your listeners want to hear this. Often it was little kids who would be like. No, they want, I want, yeah, that. It's you know, awful. It's it's it, but that's the reality. So you, I was very aware, hyper, and if anything, I always had a social conscience. So I I remember being very young and opening a bank of Bombay in my bedroom and thinking, how can I get these guys' bank accounts? Because they had no bank accounts. Did any do any of your siblings feel the same way as you or your parents? So, you know, my they're all good people, but they, they never questioned the system as much as I did. I railed against the system since ever since I can remember. Right. I, I was like, couldn't understand why it was this way. And why. And you saw them as equal people, your right. servants. And I saw them as, I mean, a, a better than some of us, if you ask me. Like, right. a lot of rich brats. And I'll tell you this, I was very rich, but I was never bratty. It just wasn't my thing. But I had friends. I mean, friends who would slap their servants, beat them up. No way. It's it's all part of life in India. I mean, it's really if you if you've seen the movie, The White Tiger. Right. Priyanka Chopra produced a few, you know, a year or two ago. It's actually pretty real. And I saw it. It's so incredible that people don't and and that if you're if you're brought up in that, you don't see that's all, you know. So I think in my case, because I was the youngest and often my own parents or my siblings didn't have time for me. I spent so much time with the help that I and you bonded with them. right, Right. My heart was always with them and I was always crusading for their rights. Did you forge this bond like uh, where you would tell your secrets or you when you ran home from school? I mean, yeah. was it was it a very close relationship? Yeah, absolutely. And they knew everything, what was going on in my life. I knew what I played with their kids. Often I played with their kids. I was the English teacher to their kids because right. they didn't have access to English. But I loved English. So I was like, let me teach you ABCs. Come on over. I so a lot of these milk. kids that were, do, you know, delivering the milk or, deli- you know, were uneducated. They did not oh. get. Yeah, they, they had to work to support their families. So crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. Can you imagine now when my kids whine about something here in Manhattan? Right. I know, right? Yeah. I couldn't get an Uber. I had to wait three minutes. Like, shut it was the on the other side of the street. Like, you know, I was like, either I'm going to become that mom who kills her kids or I should do comedy and right. find some gold in this. Right. Yeah. Hey, everyone. You know what I just did? I tore, I poured, and I enjoyed a packet of liquid IV because I love liquid IV. Liquid IV is a major part of my life. And I just worked out with my trainer and I had a delicious lemon ginger liquid IV. That one has a little extra, that has a little green tea in it. And so that's a little caffeinated. So I enjoy that because I needed it today. And you know, it's getting warmer out. And what does that mean? Summer. Oh God, please come. It can't come soon enough. And that means you have to hydrate. And that's what liquid IV does. It hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. And it has three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in one little stick. And that's why Liquid IV is the number one powered hydration brand in America. Okay? And I love it. I use it every day. Ben's basketball team uses it. 
It is a science-backed formula that works. It keeps you hydrated. And they have sugar-free. They have sugar-free packets in white peach, green grape, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. Okay? I didn't do the sugar-free. Okay. But Elisa does the sugar-free. So what are you going to do? You're going to stay hydrated because it's very, very important. And Liquid IV has been a longtime sponsor and I love them and they are a quality product. And this is what you're going to do. You're going to turn your ordinary, ordinary, can't speak, turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code JUDYGOLD at checkout. That's J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, can't even say my name, at liquidiv.com. Got it? You're welcome. What was school like? Was it Americanized? You would, would you, did you have grammars? Did you have extracurricular activities? Was there, I mean, like here, was it a public school? Was it, or was it, you know, cause the government, you know, we have public schools here. What was, I went to a private school, a very elite private school. And what was the name? Kambala Hill High School. It was okay. British people left it behind and we kept it, I guess. Okay. And it was a great school. I love school. I'm one of those rare Indian women who just loved being educated, loved reading, loved learning. Was they, that encouraged or was that no, discouraged? No, I mean, I'll tell you overall, like, you know, here in America, oh, read a book. No right. one in India is saying read a book. Why would you read a book? It's not math. It's all so it's it's all factual and mathematical and math, engineering. It's not math. It's yeah. not a science experiment. Like, why are you reading a story? Who so create creativity is not fostered or not at, and especially uh, discouraged among women. So even if there was a reading privilege, it would have probably gone to my brothers. Right. But me, my dad would have been like, but why? But because in his mind, the more I knew of the world, the more problematic my life would be. Right. Because then I would have all these ideas of independence and freedom and, you know, so. Um, and for a woman, that's just the worst or a girl. So our newspaper used to get delivered at 5 a.m. in India. And I was so curious what's happening in the world that I would read the newspaper cover to cover at 5 a.m. the minute it wow. walked in. But my dad used to yell at me because, you know, he wanted the freshly pressed newspaper. Like not rump. Oh, up. my father used to, you couldn't touch the newspaper no, before he, right? oh my God, that's a Jew thing too. That is a Jew thing. It was, you, you know, you, you, uh, you couldn't touch it. There couldn't be a wrinkle or, and yeah. So I, I used to read it and be so scared that he'd right. find out. I would put it under the sofa cushions and sit on it and get it back. <laughs> So that by the time he touched it, he didn't realize that I had already gone through it. But I was that crazy, curious kid that was like, if we came at 4.50, I was like, I get 10 extra minutes. Right. I mean, it's so interesting. And we'll probably get to this later on, but that, you know, you think of, you know, Indian women who come to America and they're so accomplished and they're, you know, such high achievers and yet that is discouraged. Well, look, there is a there, there is a very large populated population of India that's educated and believes right. in I just happen to come from a more traditional family. Right. And by the way, to for clarity, it wasn't the um, intention wasn't to ruin my life by any means. Of course, way. right. My father arranged all three of my siblings very successfully. They're all doing very well today. My sister has her own airplane. There are days when I'm like, what was I thinking? What? She has her own airplane? Yeah. I, I need to meet her. I need to meet her. Wildly, her husband is wildly successful. They've been happily married 30-something years. They All three of their kids are doctors. See, wh- yeah. what did I do with my life? I even had to- Where does she live? She lives in America. She's in Ohio. She's in in Ohio. Ohio, right. Yeah. Okay. I, I hate her, by the way. <laughs> So you know what I mean? My dad thought that in in their world, 
that insular life where you don't know much about the world and they're going right, to die. It's easier. You, what what, what do you don't know can't hurt you. Can't hurt you. That was more their mindset. He wasn't really a mean person. And my family wasn't really like, oh my God, like right. her eyeballs out. So she doesn't, it wasn't that. Right. It was much more like the Tradition. world is so mean. Don't get involved with the world. We're right. going to find a safe spot for you. So how much younger are you than your your second youngest sibling? 10 years. So you're a mistake. Yeah, don't you think? big mistake. Yeah. Big mistake. Um, so it's 10 years and then. 10, 12 and 15. My okay, so they were all formed, yeah. you know, like yeah. it was all planned. And then, uh oh, Zarna. Yeah. OK, which in a way, even the way you came into this world is part of, you know, who you are and why you're so curious because you weren't expected. You weren't, you know, I, I, I love that. So. So you have this beautiful life. And you're 14 years old and your your parents are planning a wedding. Is that correct? Or were they involved with the wedding and your mother gets jaundice? Yeah. And is. It, no one noticed. Like, and, and it's just because they're so preoccupied. No one, including her, noticed. And she, she was fully yellow and she didn't realize. And she. I mean, this is something that could be treat. It's very treatable. Um, babies get it when they, you know, yeah. and she dies suddenly. Yeah. That's I, I right. mean, and you're 14 years old. I mean, that must be the defining, really the defining, major defining moment of, of you. And I mean, in hindsight, you know, at the moment I was just you, you learn survival is such a primal instinct. Right. That you it's kicks in immediately. Like at that time, my only thought was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen to me? Because she did shield me from a lot of, uh, you know, from a lot of my dad's crazy ideas. And the what boys. was she like? What was um so my mom was a was a working woman actually shockingly back in the day in India she she was a nursery school teacher. Oh, uh, what was her name? Yeah, Jyotsna. Oh. So she uh you know she and um she worked so she knew what it was like to have your own income which is Right. very very few women in India know what that feels like. Just to, I, I know, just even if it's not a lot, just to it, be able to know you earned that yourself and, and it is yours. yours. Yeah. So she knew what that felt like. And she was a very, uh, but she was a pragmatic woman and she came from that world. And her, you know, older kids had all been successfully arranged and she kind of bought into it, even though she would tell me, she would let me read. She understood my passion for you know, the newspaper and this, like she would find little workarounds for me. Do you want to get a copy of this? Like, like if we got a copy of Teen Vogue or something, it would be right. like, oh my God, like it's Christmas. Right. You know, but so, she would find ways to find a copy for me because she knew I was like obsessing over Growing Pains, I think was a TV show. Oh, Family yes. Ties. All these shows, I was watching them and I, every day was a struggle. Like, how do I get the next episode? I mean, it seems like she she was molding you, letting you know you're allowed to have hopes and dreams and be an individual. What a beautiful legacy to leave, you know? Well, at the very least, she didn't think I was committing a crime. Like, it, right. you know, you would think otherwise that some woman is committing a crime reading Vogue. Right. You know. She dies. It It must have been... So devastating. I, I can't even imagine. Um, I, mean, I, I think the big the sh she died was a shock. But the fact that she just went from healthy to dead in two weeks. Right. And, and you know, in India, no one really talks to the kids. This is a cultural thing, too. Like I've noticed in America, it's a lot of like, let me explain to Tim. Right, and right. This is no one does that in it. There's not even the the genre of kids' films, kids' movie doesn't exist. Kids watch everything. They watch movies where girls are getting raped and murdered right. and mauled because the adults can't be bothered. Right. 
you know, no one's going to pay ticket money to go watch a movie. Who's what adults going to sit through a kid's movie in India? Right. No one. So the, the bigger shock for me was like somebody told me my mom was going to go get a checkup and then she never came back. Oh. Oh, but I think is, they just forgot. I think they forgot right. to tell me. It's just it's so awful. And at that age. So. So what happens is you are 14. You, you, your father, I, I heard you in an interview say that he was broken and here you are and your and your and your siblings are, are married off. So yeah. what, first of all, what does that look like? An arrangement, like, how does that work? An arrange, like what happens? What is the process? So, so yours, who's your, who's the oldest? Is your, is your sister? My brother the, is your my brother. oldest, then my sister, then another brother and then me. Okay, so how how does that like? Can you go through that process? So the calculus of the arranged marriage is what I've written my screenplay about. It's what motivated me to write it because I think in America you've heard the phrase "arranged," right? And everybody knows that means the parents are involved in some capacity, right? But, I mean, they do it. The Hasidic Jews do it, and right. then, you know, if you watch this all, you see how they do. Yeah, okay. Right. But in India, it's down to a precise science almost. Okay. It's like a level of horse trading that maybe people aren't aware of here. So you could have like there are marriage brokers, which now thanks to Indian matchmaking and shows like that, people know that these brokers. Right. Oh yes, we watched that. That was a great show. But so yes. you saw that woman, right? There right. are brokers like that all over the country. And they're not job. nice. I mean, if you watch Fiddler on the Roof, they have Yenta. She's a yeah. marriage broker. So yeah, but- I mean, when their job is to you know to manage expectations on both right, sides right. and and tell you you know you can't get a doctor because the girl is five foot she's right. not even five foot and he has a receding hairline oh but she's wearing oh eyeglasses and she she could be fairer like she's very dark you know I don't oh know oh my god know. like I remember you know when the Meghan Markle interview dropped with Oprah in America yes and she was like oh the royal family wanted to know what the baby's complexion color would be. yeah like the whole of India was like and like, this is every <laughs> grandmother in India <laughs> Right. We couldn't understand. Like, it was so shocking. And Oprah is like, oh, my God. Everybody was, oh, my God. And the Indian WhatsApp lit up. We're like, what happened? Like, what did she do? We shouldn't the grandmother <laughs> right. ask what, you know, we couldn't understand. Uh, my people couldn't. I understood because I'm here now. But they couldn't understand what she did wrong, the queen, by inquiring. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They hired this woman. Yeah. A man and- in my case. Okay. And yeah. yeah. So, uh, I'm no, no. Oh, the men are also brokers. Yeah. The men, the biggest brokers are men. Of course. I don't th- Why? How does a man know? And how? Oh, he knows he's going to make you step on, on a scale and be like, I need to see how much you really win. Oh, go fuck yourself. Oh my God. <laughs> Awful. Okay. So, all right. So your brother, they have someone, right? And then so what happens? You have a meeting with the. So my dad didn't even hire the day after she died. My mom died. He said to me, you need to get married. Right. So this is why you leave. You, you... I'm done. I'm done parenting. And and I could tell that he was bro- like he was shocked too. Everybody right. Was and, shocked. and the fact that you the culture doesn't process things, you know, yeah. that's what I love about Shiva, you know, when um the way Jews do death, where it is this, here's what you're going to do for the first seven days. Right. Here's what you're going to do for the first month. Here's what you're going to do for the first year. And like, it's a very gradual process of allowing yourself to grieve. So in in your culture, it's it's not like that. It is. Well, there is a technically a 13 day grieving period. Right. But. but- the reality is that the the quest to just survive is so great that not every family is honoring that. And honestly, right. think about even Jewish families. If the dad died, the mom might honor all the traditions. Right. But if it was the other way around, would every dad honor every one of these traditions? I'm not who sure. Knows? You know? Who knows? Yeah. Like, who knows? 
in my case, she died. And my dad, who was the most pragmatic, we are going to survive everything. Right. You know, he was, was there emotion. Did you see him cry? Was no, there never terrible? No, it was. He was like, look, she's gone. That's you know, she's gone. And now you need to get married. So he and says to you, you're 14. I can't parent anymore. That was her job, basically. So yeah. you need to get married. And you yeah. realize, I got to get the fuck out of here. Well, I didn't I didn't think I was getting, I thought I was going to reason with him and be like, I, I don't want to get married, but I would continue living my life. Right. Well, I wasn't planning on leaving, but right. he made it, he thought that if he pushed me enough, he would scare me. And he's like, no, 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 you, you, you don't have that option. You're either getting married or you have to go find your own way. You think you know better? You read all these books? You think the Americans are coming for you? You know everything? Go find your own way. Hey, everyone. Did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code Judy Gold, J U D Y G O L D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code Judy Gold at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code Judy Gold. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. So you leave. You have $9 in your pocket. Um, I mean, when you're 14 and you leave, you think life is going to be a pajama party at your friend's house. Right. Now, when you you made this decision, this conscious decision that you were going to leave, who did you tell? My friends. Did you tell the servants or the? They all knew. Yeah, absolutely. They knew. And they, look, no one thought I would leave, leave. Right. They thought, thought, all right, Zarna's being crazy. You know, yeah, yeah, she'll be back tomorrow. And they thought he'll go and get her. Like everybody thought somebody's going to break and the situation will be resolved. And what's going on in your head? Do you remember, like, did you realize, like, were you like, oh, you guys don't realize no, I'm out of here. Like well, I had so many friends because of my extremely privileged life that I was like, well, I'll I'll live with them for a few years. Right. What's the big deal? They all right. have servants and big houses. Right. They can fit me. Kid? Yeah. Yeah. His mom said she loved me. And, you know, and two days later, it's like my mom says, you have to go back. I was like, go back. I have nowhere to go back. I'm right. here. Right. And then the reality, and that's what, when I was leaving, my dad is like, where are you going to go? And I said, I'm going to go to my friends. And he's like, you think you have friends. All that is going to disappear the minute you leave this gate. 
And it was like, and I was like, he doesn't know anything. My friends are the best. We watch TV right. together, you know. So we'll, you you pack up your bags. I mean, one bag. Okay. You things. leave. Yeah. Where do you go first? To my best friend, then best friend's house. And, and she, what happens? And her mom, like, of course, she knew my mom had to come on in. So the first day or two is like very, what can we do for you? But by then they realized that I left without my father's consent. Ah. So they didn't know, right? They just thought this kid is shocked. Like, right. And she's my kid's friend and they were all friends with my mom. So they were like, come stay with us for a few days if it's going to make you feel better. And then slowly as news traveled that my dad's not on board with this and that I've actually kind of little bit run away. It became like, no, no, no. You need to go yeah. back home. You need to work it out with your dad. You know, it was like, one after another, the door started shutting on me. How do you get to America? So my sister was in Ohio. Right. Right. And um, I she knew, I told her two days into the situation that I, I can't live at home. And she's like, if you can make your way to America, you can live with me. Now, did she did she come back for your mother's funeral? Well, she was in India because we were preparing for my my last sibling before me's wedding. So she okay. was there. But okay. She had left at the time because she had to go back home to right, her Right, of course, to her again. family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So during the whole turmoil, but she left me and she said, you need to find your way to America and we're going to bring you there and you will come there. But the practicality of trying to leave India and come to America by yourself with the, with a visa and a pay, passport and right. all that it takes. That was a whole another project, you know, and wow. I, I remember sitting, going to the U.S. embassy every day and going like, I need a visa. And I was so simplistic in my mind because I had read that America is a democracy. That means your president has to listen to you. Right. So I was like, but my sister is telling you guys that she needs me there. So what's the problem? <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Yeah. But it's good that you were so innocent like that because it it may it kept you going and going and going. Go, so yeah. are you going to school while you're trying? Are you still going to your school while you're trying while you're going to the so embassy? I, so in India, you can pay people to attend school for you. What? <laughs> and it's not a lot of money. I mean, a lot of girls don't even go. Their parents just pay to get the degree. That is crazy. Yeah, because they don't actually want their kid in the school. They just right. want the degree so they can say that their kid right. has a degree and whatever. So I, I didn't even have to pay. Everybody in my world knew the mess I was in. Right. And so I would just I would show up if I could from wherever I was sleeping the night before and like, you know, take some exam, do something, keep it going somehow while I was trying to figure out how to come to America. And, and at some point I just broke. I went back to my dad. I mean, my driver, actually, the chauffeur found me and he took me back and he said, you, you just need to come back. There's nothing's going to happen. I was I was couch surfing for over a year. Wow. Well, you were a comic then. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing that yeah. you know what? Honestly, now that I trace the roots back. It's like though that year of people saying, oh, let her come for Diwali dinner. She makes people laugh. Right. You know, it. She's joyous. Yeah. It's good to have her I around. Mean, yeah. And I knew that that like I could make everybody feel better about their lives, no matter what was happening. Right. In my own life. And now in hindsight, and I read before I became a comedian, I read Kevin Hart's book and he has right. a similar story up top of his mom and being invited to people and things. And that was the first time I was like, oh my God, could it be? Right. It's a, you know, I've heard you say this and I say it in my book, you know, comedy is a coping mechanism, but it's a weapon. And it's also, if you use it wisely, you know, it disarms people and will get Absolutely. you everything you want or need. And as Jews, you know, we've had to use it because, you know, when yeah. you're persecuted, it's yeah. the best defense. OK, so you go back, but then you eventually get to how do you get to Ohio? 
in my innocence one day the us embassy said to people people said to me go, go you know i was like i don't understand why not my your president and my sister i was babbling anything he's like oh go talk to the president yourself i was like okay <laughs> so i went to what was famously the american library in in, in bombay american embassy had a beautiful library that anybody who wanted to could go in and i started reading like how do you call the president right <laughs> and i saw you have representatives so i started writing to everybody that i could i was like writing my whole dramatic life story like my sister is there and i want to be there and i'm going to study i promise you i'm going to be good and i started sending letters all over the place and one letter reached a desk in ohio that he's like okay if, he, if she's willing to come here as a student that is amazing somebody is willing to pay for her which my sister was willing to pay for me to go to college he's like you know back then international students were a rare commodity right full paying international students and in a small town in ohio you know what i mean yes do you know who the representative is i i don't want to say because i don't want to get him in trouble because in a post-trump world we've all oh, right right putting this well, story thank you, whoever you are yes he 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 is now retired and he have you ever met young. him yeah yeah as oh, soon good. as i landed i went to say thank you to him and he was like study to your heart's content i was like oh. really? <laughs> now i'm gonna take a wild guess that he's a democrat Democrat. Yeah. Oh, wow. What? Bing, 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 bing. Okay. So you go to your sisters and I mean, thank God for that. And oh, my sister saved my life. I mean, and she, even though she was arranged very like young, 16, 17 herself, her husband who's a doctor said to me, he goes, you are going to do what you want to do. No one's going to tell you. I love them. They, they, they saved my life. There's no, uh, there's no. What's her name? Parol. Parol And she like, she Parol, I love you. Uh, and so she you, continues to be my biggest champion today. Like anything happens, I'm running to her. Yeah. So you then go to University of Akron. Yeah. And you get a BS in finance. That's right. And then you go to Case Western. Do you go immediately to law school? Immediately, because they were willing to support me, my sister and brother-in-law. And I was so scared. What if they changed their mind? That I, like, I finished uh, undergrad and law school in five or five and a half years, all of it. O- I never took a single M- day. Because, G- like, you M- don't understand, when you're living on somebody's... Right. You just want the graces, independence. Right. No, and also, you're really insecure. That if they should change their mind tomorrow, like they had their own kids, they had their own lives. They were never, they were. But that was it. Was that in your head and not, and that had not. They never said this was me. Yeah. This is all in your head. I had been kicked out of so many homes by then. Right. I had been kicked out of so many homes in India by then where they were like, they took me in and the next day they're like, you know what? My dad needs to talk to you. And I knew what that meant. Right. You know? Uh, so I was, I didn't take a minute off. I raced through the whole thing. I was like, I, let me just. Did, and you live, did you live, uh, you didn't live at college, right? No, I lived with her most of the time and law and, school, I moved out for a year or a year and a half because right. it was a little far. Right. Cause case Western. Yeah. So, and I'm sure you got straight A's. Is that correct? Mostly. Yeah. Actually law school, I was not that strong a student. It was more bees, but yeah. Okay, whatever. So, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Kill Me Now with Zarna Garg. Love her, love her, love her. Kill Me Now was produced by Laura Vogel, edited by Colin Schmeling. This podcast would not be possible without the help of Brittany Joe Sowards. If you have not subscribed, uh, if you have not left a review, fuck you. No, you really need to because... Um, I need people to listen so I can keep it on the air. Uh, five stars, five stars, five stars. Also, uh, if you have not read my book, yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. Now's a really fantastic time to read it, especially after this debacle with uh, Chris Rock 
and Will Smith, who was 100% wrong. So I think the book would explain a lot. Plus, I wrote it. Plus, it's a great book. So yes, I can say that when the cover of the comedians were all in trouble. Get it. The, the audiobook was in the uh, New York Times book review. It, it's really good because I, Judy Gould, recite the book. If you uh, live near Levittown, New York, which is on Long Island, I need you to come to my show April 9th, Saturday. I need a lot of things from you. Um, I need to thank all the people who listen to the end. I, I know you're out there. Uh, and I promised I would get a list of names and go through my um, social media, but I didn't do that. And so now I feel guilty. Well, I always feel guilty, but no, I really feel guilty. I am going to do this. I am. I'm pro- I at some point I will be thanking the people who listen to the end. But just now, if you wrote to me and told me that you listened to the end, I'm thinking of you and only you. That's it. I just uh, I, I want to nap all the time. I'm just I don't know. Anyone else feel like napping all the time? And I can like let's get this weather warm. I can't take it. Also, check everything out. I'm going to be in L.A. May 6th uh, at the Elysian Theater. Elysian. And then I'm taping Netflix is a joke. Uh, the standout special on the 7th. There's 7,952 LGBTQ plus people on that show. And I'm one of them. So go to my website, judygold.com. And you can get my book there. You can see where I'm performing. You can read about me because I'm so fascinating. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And TikTok, I have to do more TikToks. I haven't done any in a while. At Judy Gold, J E W D Y G O L D, because I'm Jewish. <laughs> um, we got a lot of great guests coming up on the podcast. I'm really excited. And I'm really excited that you are listening because I do it for you. I mean, I do it for me because I love it, but I do it for you. It just me, I really do appreciate it a thousand percent. And I don't know what else to say. Oh, yes, I do. So long! Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.